Good morning, church. Would you turn with me to Philippians 1, verse 9, Philippians 1. We have Paul, the legend, writing to a church in Philippi, an outpost of heaven in this outpost of Rome. And he writes to this new church. He says, and this is my prayer. He has a prayer for them, a blessing for them. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, we ask as we look at this simple prayer today, we ask, Lord, that your spirit would move, that you would just make deposits, God, into our hearts, into our souls, that you would help us grow up, Lord, in the way of life and of love and of truth. God, may these words like, have, their, have their way with us. Some of us need encouragement this morning. Some of us are in need of a little bit of like shaking, a little bit of a holy disruption. God, we're open. In your name we pray, amen. May your love abound. This, this prayer is talking about love that will result in knowledge and depth of insight. This is written in Greek. And we can miss, in the English sometimes, some subtlety and some depth and some nuance. So um, I'm just going to do a little word study with you. I know, a riveting introduction that's going to pull you in. But uh, I think it's just really important as we look at this passage, and we look at a prayer in particular that is just so easy to brush right over for us to zero in on what's happening here. So the first word I want to draw your attention to is uh, parisos, parisos. May your love abound. This is to be or to have more than enough. May you have and live in more love, abound. May your love abound. This word love, we've talked about I feel like a hundred times over the years, this word agape. This is love that involves your whole being. It's love that exists for the sake of the other. It's a divine love. It's love rooted in the ground of your being. And then we have this word for knowledge, which is epigenosis. Say epigenosis, it's a good one. It's a particular kind of knowledge. So what it isn't, and to be very clear, what it isn't is like knowledge about. It's not like a fixed amount of info. One scholar says about this word that it's knowledge that comes from participation. So see the word participation. It's a knowledge and a knowing that comes from participating. Knowing something because you've experienced it, not because you've simply read about it. Years ago, uh, I was just enraptured by a number of, of authors, most of which I probably never heard of, um, but that were just leading me to consider, hearing story after story of what it meant to um, live really intentionally in uh, at-risk neighborhoods and neighborhoods where poverty ab abounded, uh, and to really root myself 
as I'm learning the scriptures and making sense of my call, I'm doing music and design and I'm starting to sort of flirt with the idea of what it would look like to be in vocational ministry. Uh, And all these doors opened up. It's a much longer story, but the short version is there was something powerful that happened between uh, having a developed, or at least at the time, a well-developed theology of the poor, realizing that in some mysterious and profound way, God is with those on uh, on the outside those that are on the outskirts, on, in the margin, and actually going and living in the community. It's one thing to have a theology uh, about compassion and justice. It's another thing to sort of be entrenched and live right there in the midst of a lot of the things I had spent years reading about. Maybe another way to get at this would be Guitar Hero. I don't even know if Guitar Hero is still a thing. Um, but people would say for the longest time, uh, and it cracked me up as somebody who loves to play guitar. And this is not some old curmudgeon like man or musician thing to say. Literally, people would say with a straight face, man, I am so good at Guitar Hero. And I, I, it took everything in my body to just not make some snarky response back. Like you, you can know about the guitar and learn some things, but there is a knowledge a knowledge of the instrument that comes from actually playing it. There is a knowledge about, and then there is epigenosis. Paul is saying, may your love increase in this kind of knowledge that comes from participation. This is important for Paul to communicate, and he believes this is the heart of God, which is why he is asking God for them. Next, depth of insight. This is the only place in the Bible where this word is actually used. Um, And it's basically being keenly aware of the consequences of an action. So there's knowledge related to what you actually do and then practical, concrete judgment about conduct. May you not just know things, but may it lead to the ability to know what to do in really difficult situations, when things are morally ambiguous, when things are incredibly gray. Maybe you could say it like this, when things get real. Knowledge that knows the next right thing to do. May your love increase, abound in knowledge, and know what the next right thing to do is. Another way uh, maybe to put this is that may your love, may your knowledge flow from your love. Like may it submit to love. Paul mentions this kind of understanding in in a bunch of places when knowledge and insight are not submitted to love. So most famously in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verse one, if you do not have love, you're nothing. You can have all the God talk in the world, one transliteration says. Uh, You can have been at church every week, all of the lofty spiritual chatter. But if you don't have love, it's just just a symbol. Now, in this room, I wanted to like have a whole, I'll probably do this um, when everybody's here in person, but like a, a moment where if you were to turn the camera right behind me is the drum kit. And if you've noticed, if you've been at our Hayes Street location downtown, uh, the drummer lives inside of a cage. We literally like cage him in, it's like the aquarium. Uh, We do that because the symbol in particular just sort of cut through this room. 
And if we don't actually rein it in, box it in, and then mic it so that cymbal sound comes through the speaker and not just in a room that really was not designed in any way for a drum kit to be played in it. If we don't do that, the cymbal just rings out over everything. It's absolutely obnoxious. This is what a cymbal does, a gong does. It just fills, something about that frequency and resonance, it just fills the space. If you don't have love, all of this other God talk, spiritual talk, knowledge is nothing. May your knowing be, again, knowing. <laughs> right? Like we don't, um, many of us know a lot of stories in the scriptures, but I think a lot of us like don't really know them. We haven't experienced them. There's always this moment that I, I have with a lot of folks being a pastor where someone, um, seems to like understand the story of the prodigal son like for the first time and they have this kind of epiphany moment because they've heard this and sung songs about it and they know the story of the the son who you know shames his father and runs off and says to hell with all of you and then comes back and for all intents and purposes should be shunned and shamed and pushed back away and not invited back in, and then we write, we get the actually the opposite. We get the father in this story running up the road. We love this story, but when you've been in a place of rebellion, or when you've been in a place of just walking away, when you experience that kind of love for the first time, the story does something different. There's a knowledge that comes from knowing. It's why, um, yeah, Bible studies, seminary, sometimes all this can be a bit lopsided. There's like hearing about being the hands and feet of Jesus, and then there is living that way. Too often, um, even, even a church, we can like inoculate people to the way of Jesus by coming and learning about things, by cognitively ascending to a bunch of ideas. We think that we've walked in it. We think we actually have knowledge of it. We think we have um, stepped into this flow. May your love increase, Paul is saying, more and more as it affects every action that you take. So the verse goes on. We're just walking right through this passage. So that, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So discern. Uh, I believe the word is pronounced dokamizo. I probably got that wrong. <laughs> the word discern. This is like examined or tried. All right, if um, anyone ever hands you a $100 bill or you ever hand a $100 bill to like a clerk or something, what's the first thing usually people do? They take it and they examine it. They look at it because we just don't see them very often. Right, this word literally comes from the first century word that deals with the handling of money. If the coin was really issued by the government, we need to determine whether this thing is a real and legitimate thing. It's so you can distinguish what's true. And then we get the word pure. The root of this word comes from the word to judge. The first part essentially means like the shining of the sun. So there's a connection of the shining of the sun with this idea of judge, which connects with this idea of being pure, how this is translated. In other words, you see things how they really are. Like you see all the marks and you see the scratches. May you live in such a way 
that if the whole splendor of the sun were to shine, if everything in your life would be exposed, you would have nothing to be embarrassed about. The sun could shine on all your finances, on every website you look like. You'd have no embarrassment, no shame. Every joke you told, the whole splendor of the sun could shine in it and you wouldn't flinch. That's this, that's this idea here of pure. And then he references the day of Christ. This um, in the Christian tradition is basically the day that the lights get turned on. It's the day of Jesus's like ultimate return. It is called the restoration of all things, the renewal of all things. It is this moment where everything is seen, it's laid bare. And so Paul is like, in his prayer saying like, I want you all to live in such a way that if all the lights were turned on, all justice and all truth were brought to bear, I wouldn't have to make any adjustments. No adjustments. Like live in light of that day. We talk about that a lot here. May your love abound in knowledge, knowing what the next right thing is so that you can discern right from wrong and be living the way of heaven. Blameless is the next word, blameless. May you love in such a way that no one ever stumbles around you. No one ever stumbles around you. I don't know, they, they see you like leading music in church or they, they see you like pontificating about something, about what it means to walk the way of Jesus or they see you talk about your views of what it looks like to care for people and to do justice and to love mercy. And there's no confusion like when they see you in another place when they're like, I'm, I'm confused. I'm having trouble seeing how Jesus actually orients your life. You say a bunch of things over here, but what I'm seeing over here is incredibly, incredibly confusing. You tell me that Jesus is the way and that being in community with other Jesus followers, this is the most life-giving, powerful way. And yet all I hear you ever do is gossip about your people, your friends, your church. I've never met anybody who complains as much and is as negative and downcast as you are, but you're trying to tell me that gee, we could go on and on, right? None of us are exempt from hypocrisy. May you live, Paul's saying, in such a way that you would have integrity and you wouldn't cause anyone around you to stumble. And it's just filled with the fruit of righteousness, which is right living. This prayer, may you have this kind of love. It, it, it's just, um, it's the sort of thing that if you've ever had like a parent or a grandparent or a good friend or a partner, like speak life over you and say, may you, may you just like have a kind of love in the world that blows minds. If you've ever had that happen, you know then what can begin to happen in your own soul. Right? What happens now if you imagine Paul like praying that you're, you're, you're sitting there in the church in Philippi and you get this letter? Right? Let's hear Paul praying this over our church now. I wanted to look at this passage because this has been my prayer for myself, yes, but for our church as we head into the summer, as we've been talking about what it looks like to regather the family, to recommit, all that stuff. We talked about what things do we wanna leave behind, the busyness, 
all the ways we want to be committed to one another, all the ways we want to make sure like we're here together every Sunday, all the ways that we want to be committed to the people that God puts on our heart to follow through and to walk with, to not have a bunch of scattered, thin relationships, but meaningful, deep ones that we're walking through life with. I've been imagining this prayer being prayed over this summer. Would you have this sort of love? May your love abound in knowledge, knowing what the next right thing is so that you can discern right from wrong and be living the way of heaven filled with integrity. If you've ever had something like this prayed over you, you know it, it both can fill you with, uh, with, with like a, uh, they, um, I don't know, a sort of perspective like, oh man, I forget in the day-to-day just kind of grind in trenches of life. I forget that this sort of life is possible, that this sort of love and this sort of path is possible, that even in the mundane of day to day, there can just be an electric atmosphere. There can be a a day filled with just surprises of God's goodness leading us into hope. There can be the great joy and blessing of a day lived in light of the sort of love and grace that God has on us. And then also a prayer like this, right? Um, can do something uh, else. I I assume that many of you are feeling like I have no idea what the right thing to do is. Oh my God, I need some deep, some deep knowledge that, that yeah, comes from like a life lived. Oh, I hear this prayer. I am about a thousand miles from that idea of purity. I think I might have to make some adjustments on the, the day that the lights get turned on. I've got some secrets that are killing me. And so I, I know today, um, everybody who's watching this is watching this online. And something we're gonna do in our gathering um, in just a moment when we all gather together, when people come into this space, is that we're gonna, um, We're gonna take time to simply sit in the promises of God and the promises of his healing power. And in the scriptures, oil is a picture of the healing of God. And so for those that are comfortable, we're gonna have oil out and folks that will just apply the sign of the cross over people's heads. This is not like a, a magic thing, right? This is this powerful symbol of, of God's healing work and by coming forward and asking leaders in the church to pray for healing and to put this oil on, we're saying, I want to live into this prayer. This prayer that, that Paul prays over his church in Philippi as it's prayed over me in this next season. I want to experience this love and know this love and know what the next right step is and know what it is to grow with integrity and in integrity. May we abound in love. I want to abound in love. And so for all those who won't have this experience, all of you watching here, I want to invite you, just like Greg invited us last week, to even just sort of place, uh, whether it's place a hand, uh, you know, over your, on, your, on your head or on your shoulders, on your heart, it's sort of just a symbol of going, Lord, yes, I want to abound more in love. Show me the way. As we're in this season of Pentecost, it is a season of continuing to invite the Spirit to help us to be honest and open and real, to be transparent and ready, to be filled by 
And so I didn't want to change the channel today on the spirit of what last week was, on the power of what happened last week and this past uh, Tuesday at heart. I wanted these sorts of prayers to mark these next couple weeks together before we shift into our summer series. I wanna hold this moment steady and continue to go, all right, Lord, would our love abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that we may be able to discern what's best and that we may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Lord, I pray for my friends. Pray for the visitors that are tuning in today. Lift up all those who stumbled upon this feed and aren't sure what to make of any of that. Lord, help us to live into this prayer. Because this uh, prayer in so many ways, as it calls on you to help, is an invitation for us to open ourselves up and take seriously your love, to take seriously your power, to take seriously the path of Jesus, the path of righteousness, the path of truth and beauty and true love and true justice. We want the way of life. And so may a prayer like this, a blessing like this from Paul pass down through the ages. May it invigorate our spirits as we step into a new week. May it give us greater resolve and a perspective that yes, we can live and walk in this way. This is available to even me. We pray all this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Church, at this point, everyone watching online, I would love to invite you to come and to take communion with us. So head over to Zoom. It takes about five, six minutes or so, but it's a chance for those of us that are still scattered to see each other in real time, to take the bread and to take the cup, to pray for one another as we begin a new week. See you in a moment. Grace and peace.